Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Shanti, and today sitting next to me is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. But I have to tell a little backstory. So during the pandemic, you know, just scrolling through social media and every now and then I come across somebody that's super loud. And I'm just like, why is this guy talking so loud in every video? (laughs) And one day I just was like, I'm going to watch this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now, I can't remember if Alex kind of introduced me to you or if I said to Alex, like, yo, this guy is hilarious. But then she ended up telling me she knows you. And that's how I started following you. I have to introduce you guys to Eric. Alessandro. He is super funny, but I think that in addition to you being a comedian, some of the things you talk about in your sets, I really think help people along their way during their journey of laughter with you. So Eric is here. We're going to have a good time. And I just want you to know that you can sit back, get ready to trust and believe in humor. And we're going to talk a little bit about overcoming anxiety. Let's do this. Somebody say This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. So that was a great intro. First of all, fantastic. First of all, what are you doing in my part of town? I have a show here tonight in Phoenix. Okay. Which is where we are. I think you just alluded to that. Thank you so much for having me on, on here. You know, we used to do my fiance and I. I get yelled at if I say girlfriend now. <laughs> Not even from her, from other other women. They think it's, I guess, a sacrilege. But um, we 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 did insanity like. I don't even know how long ago. I don't know if we finished it, but but that means you didn't. We if tried. you don't know if you finished it, that means you did it. We because tried. when you finish it, Santa, you celebrate like yeah, we nothing. We before. didn't get the t-shirt or anything. All right, get out of my transformation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I've always it's 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 just so crazy that I've I've always known uh, about you, and here we are. I got a show tonight. I'm so happy to be here and cool. learning about the great state of Arizona. So all right, one of the things I've always wanted to ask you because I find it to be fascinating okay. is really. What might seem very elementary to you, how do you overcome this fear or anxiousness 
of going out on stage day after day, night after night, and putting yourself out there for people to judge you. And let me give you some context to why I'm asking this question and why I love asking it to people like you. The majority of people in this world are worried about people judging them, how they dress, their weight, what their hair looks like, whether they got their nails done. And, you know, people live in this space, but people like you get up there and put yourself out there and it seems like you literally give zero fucks. There's there's a lot going on like b- below the surface, I guess. The beginning parts of stand-up comedy are the worst. Like for, it took me so long to like I'm 32. I just turned 32. So a lot of people think I'm maybe younger than that, which is I guess is a compliment, but at the same time it's kind of like, "Oh, I thought you'd be further at your age." Um so <laughs> that's always good to hear. But for a while I, I remember wanting to, I, I wanted to like go, go for stand up when I was like 19, like 2009. I just didn't have the guts to do it because it's just so nerve wracking to go up there, and not really know what you're doing. But I just think trust and believe is actually a really good theme, I guess, because I just knew at the, at the other end of this, something wonderful could happen. And the open mic stages are, are like, now I have a great time on stage, but when you go up there and there's like seven people in the audience, you get like a, ah. that's the best laugh you're going to get the entire time. You're just like, oh, this is death. But you just know this is just part of what you have to go through. And I've struggled with anxiety horribly in my life. So exposure is really good. And that's like, that's the most exposure you're going to get. Like for a while, I'd go on stage, I'd, I'd come off and I don't, even, I don't even know what I said. Mm. I would just black out because I was so nervous. But yeah, the more you do it, like I've, I've been to therapy and we, we, we would talk about what happened to you? We would talk about what the anxiety, what is the fear? What are you worried about? What does this mean? What does the heart rate mean? What is all this stuff? And the more you expose yourself to it, you really make it a strength. Like it's yeah. like Batman when he was like, <laughs> he turned the, what he was afraid of into his, his strength. And it's just really important. I'm always trying to have uncomfortable conversations with people. I'm always trying to be the weirdo mentioning, why are you mentioning that we're not supposed to talk about this? I love digging deep. We started a podcast not too long ago. And I love just everything that is just what people think is, oh, we're just doing this. I'm like, no, no, no. Something's going on underneath the surface. Exactly. So when I first wrote my book, I remember people reading it for the first time. And I got so many calls of people being like, do you really want to put that out there? And I found it to be fascinating. Oh, hell yeah. the, the, The more harsh my truth is and the more vivid I make people come into my story and like, like they're watching a movie, the more people are like, oh my gosh, well, that's too much. I'm like, well, bitch, that happened to me. <laughs> so you can't handle reading about it. I just find that to be fascinating. And so I'm with you when you say, I love talking about the hard conversations. And, and Scott and I sometimes get into, not like a fight, but he's like, you love confrontation. And I'm just like, no. She says that about me all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> No, I love what happens on the other side of confrontation because I feel like absolutely the other side is understanding it's growth. It might be tough, but you can't, you know, you kind of have to do it. So anyway, speaking of growth, let's go back to 19. Let's talk about before you became this, what I consider you to be a superstar. Oh my God. Um, Sweet. I know. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Let's go back to then. Like, you know, what, was the fear at 19? Like, why were you afraid to put yourself out there at that age? I get people who ask me for advice and stuff. And I think coming from where we come from, which is the East Coast, mm-hmm. like very 
closed-mindedness of like uh, Jersey, right? Yes. So Jersey, New York, it's very fear-ridden. It's a rat race. And like, what if you don't make it? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? All they would do is worry about what if. That would, that would rub off on me. Like, I would always tell people, I want to do something. What if it doesn't work out? So that's like a big thing for me. It's like, okay, it may not work out. So for me, quote unquote, it didn't work out. I really wanted to be an actor. I really wanted to be like Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler. They get to do whatever they want. And stand-up comedy was a way that I saw into the industry because like every manager or agent I've ever dealt with, they would always, like the feedback you'd get was like, well, what has he done? What's his resume? Blah, 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 blah. What coach has he, what in, intensive workshop did he do? All this nonsense. And like I would kill an audition, but they were like, oh, well, he doesn't have enough experience. So I always saw stand-up as like a back door to get into it. But in reality, it's like I, I may not have quote unquote got what I wanted, but I think this is so much better. Yeah. I love it so much. I was just telling on the drive over here, I was telling her, I'm like, I can't believe this is our life. We get to go to cool places and I, I work for an hour and then we do whatever the hell we want. It's probably better money than acting now because the industry's changed so much. And it's like, trust and believe going for it. You may fail, but it's like that cheesy saying, if you shoot for the moon and you whatever, you'll be amongst the stars. Like there, there's truth in that. And for me, it was like, I, I didn't really, I didn't really feel comfortable doing, I felt like a, like a fraud doing standup because I was always like, oh, I'm not one of these guys. I think that's what, what was the, the imposter uh, syndrome mm -hmm. it was like, I don't belong on stage. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't think I'm a standup comedian. I'm like more of a, whatever the hell I, I told myself. But as time went on, I realized like, damn, this is really who I am. And it's like, you, I found myself through that uncomfortable time that I went through. And at 19, I just started to put out YouTube stuff and just tried to be creative in any way I could. And I, I didn't actually start doing open mics until like five years later. I didn't actually, wow. I never did it because I started doing YouTube stuff and I got a manager and we started this whole horrible time. But I don't know why it was difficult, but it was the best thing in the world. What's the quote I love? Like, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, damn, I wish people would embrace that. So my book is about seven superpowers and uncomfortable. Is Boom. The first one. Look at that. So I'm just saying, 100%, percent, man. It's Absolutely. Like, it's so interesting what you said about being from the East Coast and, you know, it's all about, you know, are you going to make it? Are you going to make it? Are you going to make it? I was at the laundromat with my quarters. I was like doing my laundry and I had gone to L.A., a couple of weeks prior an audition for this dance agency. And so they called me while I was at the laundry mat and I called my mom and I was like, Hey, I got offered this, you know, gig to go be a part of this agency and I can dance. And my mom was like, so dope. And she was just like, listen, if you don't go, you'll always regret oh, wow. not going. Whereas like so many other people were like, Oh my God, what if you don't make it? What if you become broke? What if, you know, yeah. all of these things. And so and at a young age, you know, that can really feed your psyche, like some negative Oh, my energy, God. Oh, you know? yeah. I know you talked about therapy, but I feel like anxiety, if you want to dive into that a little more, because I know you talk about that in your sets. Yeah. You know, what are some of the things that you feel? And through therapy, how are you able to manage it? So I think what you said was, was good, too, because it's like everyone, it, it's become a very like now term anxiety, which is fantastic. But like everybody has anxiety. It's not like you're born with it or with it. Everyone has it. It goes back to the cavemen. It was, it was survival of the fittest. It was your fight or flight response. Like everybody has that. It's just I have something wrong where I have like 
irrational anxiety. When I got into like the literal therapy, acceptance is the biggest part of it. Mm. Like I remember that was like running from it was a problem. And I remember thinking like, I just wanted a therapist to tell me, here's how to get rid of it. And then nobody was telling me that. It was making it so much worse because I was avoiding it. I still kept avoiding it. I was like not truly accepting it. I remember the first time I went to therapy, I was kind of like haphazardly like just saying it. Oh yeah, I believe, I believe this is, I believe I'm like accepting it, but I don't think I really was. And then like, it didn't stick with me. And then like a year later, I'd have a really bad like relapse. Mm. And then it wasn't until 2014, I had a really, really bad setback. It was really, really bad. And that's what made me realize I have, this is it. What made that worse than other times? I loved my life. So like when I was a young kid, I would have these moments of just like, oh my God, she was just laughing at me because I was like, think how, how cool is it to be in Arizona? And like, uh, my brain would give me something to worry about. Mm. I remember 9-11 impacting me really badly because, you know, being from New York and like, it was so dark. I remember like hanging out with my friends at a sleepover and like, we, as soon as I'd laugh at something, I would think, oh my God, that happened. And it would like depress me. So like my brain would just start throwing that at to me in like irrational ways, like strange, just, just like a bummer to think about something bad when, you're, when your life's going well. So I started to work on that and then I got a job. So what happened was I, I had this manager and things were going really well. I remember she found me on the internet. This is in 2012. I love how you say the internet. <laughs> It's not why I sound like I'm like 100 years old. Yeah, it's like, the oh, yeah, she found me on the internet. <laughs> now it's like, oh, we met on Instagram or yeah. TikTok yo, yo, or whatever. Instagram, Before it's like, the internet. <laughs> Instagram wasn't even a thing. Like, I know. It really wasn't even a thing back then. And like, uh, I got on World Star Hip Hop. Do you remember World Star yes, Hip Hop? Yes, of so course. I got on World Star Hip Hop a few times. I did like impressions of a bunch of rappers and, uh, I signed with this manager. We went to, I remember the first time I met her, we went to like this, this, this party for like CAA or something. Oh yeah. I'm running into like all these people. I'm like, oh my God, this is really happening. This is really going to happen for me. And then something like forced me to prioritize what was really important to me, which at that time I just got out of a long relationship. I really wanted to just find myself, be young and date and just like see who I was. And she kind of wanted me, the, the manager wanted me to sort of throw my life away and dedicate it completely to this, which wasn't wrong to do. But at 22 years old, I couldn't see the vision. I just, I really wanted to just go out and I never would have met Alex if that, if that time went up. Cause I met her like hanging out down the Jersey shore and like, yeah, and just Jersey shore. different kind of people and like dating and being you a wild. Are one of those. I'm just <laughs> I am Staten Island Italian trash after all. So, um, you know, I grew up next to a, you know, there was a dump there for a while. My, my piss is radioactive and glows in the dark. Anyway, um, so like that was really important oh, to me. Like I remember being at like a diner at like two in the morning and I remember like uh, feeling guilty because I blew off something she wanted me to do. And I was just like, I said to my friend, we just like, we just hung out with these girls and I was just like, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Like, this, I need this time for my soul to like nourish who I am as a, pro like, I need these memories to live on because I otherwise I'd be like not not don't shade but like you see Justin Bieber and like Chris Brown all these people 
they go through so much hard times like in their 20s and 30s because they never got to just be a regular person yes. at 21 a regular 22. kid just a regular kid a lot of them grew up so fast and yeah man i think it's, it's interesting you say that because the pressure of being that young and not really even being able to manage your emotions or your behavioral issues and i think the thing that's like probably a huge detriment to them if, if like i feel like if i could ever peek in on one of their therapy sessions you would hear probably the common denominator of like those mickey mouse kids that they became let I me mean, look what happened to britney they all became the breadwinner of their family oh, so yeah. you know you're young you're supposed to be having fun but everybody's looking at you to make the money and then you have people bowing down to you you know at that at oh, yeah. age like that because you're successful so i'm sure that could be like so much it's gotta be pressure. so confusing in your brain to like and then when they get to their 20s they don't know how to act because they never went through the typical puberty or adolescent stage that we had a chance to go through yeah. you know For, you, you, we got to fall with no one watching and then you give them 20 million dollars what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> Like it's if I had twenty million dollars at twenty years old, I'd probably be dead right now. I don't even know what would have happened. I don't even know. I would have been doing some stupid stunt or being funny, and I probably would have died doing something dumb. And you know that was at the time where you would see video of of them walking out of like a hotel in Japan, and they would just be like flocks of people people screaming. It just was so wild that I mean, I was just thinking about that as you were talking of like you're twenty two and like wait a minute. I need to to live a little bit. I've always been lucky enough to have that perspective of regular life is so important. When I was younger, I was obsessed with the video camera. I was obsessed and not not even from like, yes, I loved putting on skits and like me and my sister would pretend like we were on Ricky Lake or something. <laughs> but like that's how old I am. And um Oh my god. If you don't know who Ricky Lake <laughs> is, you're probably <laughs> very young <laughs> seriously so like we pretend like i was like I was, she'd be like the, she'd be the host and i'd be like the troubled teen who didn't want to like you know like like the dr phil thing and like it was so much fun to do that stuff but at the same time i remember like i just loved the fact that we could watch life like life is so precious and and the other day she was going through something like looking through our hard drive for something and it was just us moving out of our place in LA. I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy you have this. Just we could watch what life was like. And I've always been very aware of your own private life being really, really valuable. And and you do get rid of a lot of that when you reach a certain level. And I don't, subconsciously, I don't think I was ever okay with that. Mm-hmm. So maybe I was afraid at like that young age to, to really go to because I, I don't think I would do well with that. Like I love my life right now because I'm just a normal person still. And yeah, I'm going to go back to New York. I get recognized places, but it's not like a weird. It's not Britney overwhelming. Thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. nowhere near famous. So like, it's just a really great middle ground and you got, I got to do what I love. And I'm also just a regular person where there's not this like expectation to like, like you said at, at 21 years old to be the breadwinner of the family or like, or to be held to a, a standard or to meet people's expectations and all these crazy things. And I've just always really appreciated like the normalcy of life. So like I, that's why things fizzled out with that first manager because I think she wanted me to, which I wouldn't, she wouldn't have been wrong, but like her goal was like to get me on SNL. Mm-hmm. And she thought, she was like, I'm telling you, they're going to love a kid from Staten Island. They're going to love 
they're, they're just going to love you. You're just a little too green right now, which is like you're too much of an amateur. And I was like, I would love to get an SNL, but like, I don't think I should go to diction classes and like change my attitude of like, you know, being that kid from New York or whatever makes me me and like turn off my life and just tunnel vision. It didn't fit with me. You're like, I want to hold on to my authenticity. Yeah. That's kind of like what made me what I, what that's what makes you who you are. Yeah. And speaking of who you are. So what was that moment? Do you have a defining moment where you're like, wow, like I'm really good at this and (laughs) i know that sounds well another superpower in my book and again it's not a plug it's like you know positively selfish (laughs) but positively selfish (laughs) because you know i feel like i personally feel like we should celebrate ourselves oh i agree often you know a lot of people throw away compliments or you know when scott used to compliment me he's like oh my gosh like oh my god your butt looks so nice today and i'd be like "Ah." And now I'm like, I know. I'm like, oh my God, like you noticed it too. That is so nice. So, I, but I feel like we should, and I really think that, you know, we should accept that. And when was that moment where you felt like, yo, like I'm really the shit? Like I, I shut it down. <laughs> so, no, that's a, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm always about definitely being, being confident. My, my, my mother also would, would just like, it, it's tough for me because someone who was just, always given so much attention. I feel like there's a responsibility that comes with that to where, like, whereas I'll see other people, I feel like they, they take it with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And like, so my mom would always humble me in a great way. There was an, I love Eric club at my school when I was a kid. Like I was like that. I was, I was the guy. Like oh I, I, I was always, I would have been a part of that club. <laughs> I would have been a part of that club. Be like, Oh my God, I love Eric. <laughs> so like my mom would always, my mom would always remind me like, just it doesn't matter. You have to be a good person because you, you know, looks fade, this fades, all that stuff. She was always reminding me of that. Like my mom, my mom saw as much attention as I got. I was the baby of my family. Everything I did was celebrated. Everybody would watch me. All my friends looked up to me. I was always the funniest one. I was always the one attention was on. So I always, I never wanted that to make, and when I was younger, I was probably a little cocky dick. I was probably <laughs> an, like an asshole about it. I never want to let that get to my head. My mom, like, you're not, you're not the greatest thing that ever walked in. I'm like, that's true. <laughs> so like, but I've always had unwavering confidence because of that at the same time. So like when I was younger, I knew that I was funny at a very young age. I remember like there'd literally be third grade. I would be literally just like talking and the entire class was looking at me. I've had thousands of moments like that where I knew I had something at a mm-hmm. very young age yes. and I could do like impressions. I would make my mom laugh all the time. My brothers would find me funny. Making my brother's friends laugh. Oh man, I feel like I just killed at the comedy store in 1975. <laughs> like I was murdering. So I've always just felt really good about that. But you never know when it's strangers. And then I made this video on YouTube when I was 19 that exploded in my little community. It was teasing Italian Staten Island girls, like their sweet 16s. And that just exploded. I mean, I don't think I've seen that video, but I could laugh already just knowing yeah, your it's, personality. It's pretty vicious. Like it's pretty like... It's pretty like I'm I'm playing like a character making fun of the people I grew up with just being like <laughs> it's so vulgar but it's it's it was just truth like there's always truth in comedy and like on Staten Island Brooklyn New Jersey it just exploded like and I I'll, I'll never forget that's when I was like oh this is actually valuable to other people mm-hmm. rather than just people that I know and I still thank those early fans from the moment of like 
they believed in me. Like I, I really do. I make jokes about Staten Island and I make fun of it and everything, but I'm so grateful to be from there because those people, they really championed my journey. Anything I ever needed to do or wanted to do, they were always there to support me. And like when I lost it all and I started from scratch, we moved to Los Angeles to like, as like my last, let's see if this could actually turn into something. The people remembered me and like would share my videos again. And then it just exploded in the last like three years, four years. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Cause thank you know, you so I'm one much. of those people that found you and it's yeah, like thank super you, fun. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I want to ask you questions from this fan standpoint of view. I'm a fanboy here, okay? Because you know when I watch your videos, that on when he says that, what's that? It feels like you're just saying that. It doesn't really mean you mean no, it. I'm very excited. <laughs> I hope that you actually. Giving you, no, are you kidding? You can ask Scott. You <laughs> like I introduced. I introduced, Scott likes me more. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he did say when we left the show, he thinks you're so funny. Like, oh, it was literally we had so much fun when we came to Austin. Yeah, that but was- you know, I was I've been able to see you on stage, which is like super funny. But also, like, I'm coming from the fan that sees you on Instagram, mostly this is where I see you or where I found you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just kind of like, this is so crazy. Like you are so funny. You get into character, you give zero fucks, you know, sometimes you're a girl, sometimes you're a boy, sometimes you're, you know, a salesman and it's, (laughs) you know, and some people out there do ads on their channel and you get annoyed and the ads that you do are hilarious. I'm like, this should be on TV. I think my fanboy questions is, you know, where do, where does the creativity come from? Thank you so much, man. Um, so I'm really a fanboy. I'm not yeah, just like, no, see? I'm, I'm fucking around. See? You, you, could ask, you could ask me anything you want. I, I'm an open book. But, yeah, it just it all goes back to, I, I don't want to sound cheesy, but, like, I, I feel that we all have something we're passionate about and we have a dream and at a certain age – depending on where in this country you live or in this world you live at a certain age, people act like that's for children, which is like, I want to be X, Y, and Z. That's great. Do that. Do that. Do high school. Do that. Do that. And then like you're 23. It's like, well, you know, you should probably give that up and get a real job. That always right, bothered me. Right, right. And like what all I've ever wanted to do, I've said to her recently, which I'm so lucky, which is like, we recently, we filmed an ad that's going to be coming out. I don't know on Monday or something. And like you, I, I love doing them because I don't see them as like I don't I don't want to be the Instagram guy that just like uh, has post a picture with like a, a you know like a, a cup of coffee like I want like <laughs> let's make this fun let's let's do what I used to do as a kid like this is literally what I used to do as a kid I can't believe I get to do this as an adult this is my job this is the coolest thing in the world so I sit there I write scripts I make sure it's like I want it to sound like me and feel like me I want it to be like I, I worship Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle did a Pepsi commercial when I was mm-hmm. a kid and it's like okay, that's, what is my version of that? Of like, wh- how would, if, if like Kevin Hart does, does stuff with uh, Capital One, and it's like, it's a funny commercial because it's Kevin Hart. So it's like, why can't, why can't comedians on- online do the same exact thing? I write them as commercials. So the creativity, I just think, comes from, we all have so much creativity. I love seeing people 
express their creativity. I love seeing it. And I feel like it gets, it, it just gets buried within us as adult, as we, as we become adults, because we get told that's for kids or I don't know, how old are you? Oh, you know, I, I said to her recently on our podcast, which I, I, I was upset about, which is like, people say you got a lot of time on your hands. They say that when you're doing something that they probably wish they had time to do. Or but, you're having fun. Yeah. Or they act like it's a bad thing to spend your free time. Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? But they also act like it's a bad thing to have fun in your job sometimes. Because oh, I've yeah, had, of course. I've had people say, because of my career and what I do, they're like, oh, well, you're just lucky. <laughs> no, bitch. Like, I gave up a lot of money before I started really going into this to go starve and try to find a job. With your career, I can't even luck. With me, you could you could you could easily oh it's, I don't think he's so. luck. With, I know for me it's not at all. It's but I'm not. saying to yeah. be a to be a personal trainer to impact people enough to want to change their their physical health, I can't even imagine how difficult that had that had to be. So I don't even but it's similar to you. It's just like, I just never stop being me. I never look at another program or another workout to create a workout because it yeah. has to be. It's very similar to you. You know, it's, it's like kind of like what you were saying about kind of the kid analogy. My kids are so wild and so creative. And I'm like, do it. Like, absolutely. Is, is, is that what you want to wear? That's exactly what you're going to wear. You know, like, I, I'm not going to. Stop your creativity because when you do get older, to your point, I don't want you to feel like, okay, I have to like now turn into this adult. I'm like, yeah. Why did there was there need to be that break? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I'm constantly finding that. Like, see this jacket? This is my Arizona jacket. Okay, so I th- this is like definitely something you could get made fun of for wearing. It's a little bright. I mean, I looked at it kind of suspect when you I, walked in, but I'm I was just like, saying. no, I actually liked it. I was like, damn, this, okay, it, somebody making a little desert this, jacket look, look this fly. Is, this is a Pendleton, excuse me. <laughs> um, so I, little things like that. I know so many of my friends who I know for so many men, at least straight men, don't have confidence to wear something that's quote unquote out there. Because they're afraid of getting made fun of. They're afraid of feeling weird. And I'm like, I love expressing myself. And that's a little part of that. Why not be confident? Or not even confident. Just you want to you be, I, I, I want to wear that. But people don't do what Why they Why don't they feel free enough yeah. to be whatever it is that they want to be and wear what they want to wear? She got me for my birthday. I, I love the show Friends because I'm a basic bitch. But <laughs> we, she got me the whole set of Friends. And, and like they make this like Lego thing of, of like the apartments. It was so much fun putting together. And I'm like, yeah, this is so nerdy. We're such losers for doing this. But <laughs> I, I'm having so – it was so much fun doing it. Oh, yes. There's no way you'd get many people to admit that they made a Lego thing. And they're just like, why? This is yeah. so dumb that you're pretending. That's my whole thing too is like coming from Staten Island, that's one of the things I always hated. I would notice in high school that people would say they didn't like something in front of a group of people when secretly they did whether it was wrestling or whether it was a certain show or a certain type of song. And it's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like And meanwhile, you do. It's like, just be yourself. Who gives a shit? And 
I, I wish that we could just embrace more of that because that's where all of this nonsense in life comes from. Uh, because yes. everything, everything comes from that. It's where there's political, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's political divide. Political jargon, divide. Yeah, yeah. Because, because nobody wants to be honest about their biases. Nobody wants to be honest about their true feelings. Nobody wants to be honest about their jealousy. Nobody wants to be honest that they're not happy. And that's why they're so angry because they're, they, they, they're envious that you could be free. Like people probably don't like you or me because they're jealous of your ability to not care. Well, I think it's kind of like the it's constant deflection when it comes 100%. to judgment on social media because I remember a friend told me when I realized that every time this is a few years back, every time I posted a picture of Scott and I, those who didn't know I was gay would like unfollow me and they'd be like you're a waste of a man and like all this stuff because they had in their idea what you know, what a personal trainer that was making them you know, throw up, you know, like drill sergeant. It's like, wait a minute, how could this person be gay? And my friend was like, but they're still watching. Like those people who judge us and hate, you know, they, the reason why they're able to have, in my opinion, such anger is because it's like this constant deflection. They're like 1000%. Like they see something in themselves that they don't accept. I might be insane, but I see that in Every aspect of life, more than like people, I, she gives me shit like, oh, maybe maybe you're looking for it, but I'm like, no, that's everywhere. Mm. So like that person who unfollowed you, first of all, they couldn't just unfollow you; they had to tell you, I'm unfollowing you, <laughs> which is which is already saying enough, which is already saying you need therapy, you need to talk to someone. The fact that you need me to know you're not. Why do I me, need to know that you don't like me? Because you're tapping into something. First of all, they could be uh, burying their feet. They could be gay and burying it. Yeah. They could be jealous that you just don't care. Like I've noticed that's a big thing with people. Everyone, everyone says, I don't care what people think about me. And nothing could be further from the truth. They yeah. really <laughs> care what people think about them. And like being truly yourself is intimidating to people because they can't do that. Sean T can do that and I can't do that. So Kim, I, I, I need to like hate him for that. And I think I find that in everything in life. And if you look at most people's political arguments, I've always, I, I'm always like, what's the double standard here? Because I will find it. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere where like you want this group to be able to do something, but you don't want this group to be able to do it and vice versa. Both sides are guilty of it. I've noticed it in every walk of life. They want something that they want a double standard. Whether it's the extreme right double standard, the extreme left double standard, they want a double standard somewhere. And everybody in life wants something. They want to be able to do something that you can't do it. But you want to know what's really wild? If you and I walk into a coffee shop and we started talking about something that we both love, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say comedy, for instance. And we're having this incredible conversation. We don't talk about anything else. We're just like, yeah. And we're like, yo, give me your number. Or like, let's hang out again. We're great. The minute politics come into play, that's when it it comes to this like divide. You said something earlier that I found to be like really fascinating, and so I'm going on a little tangent here because it's, you brought it up. Hey, this is the Sean T Show. <laughs> so years ago, I was listening to this uh, podcast called Serial. In the podcast, the host of the podcast was interviewing one of the jury members that had convicted him. And she had no idea that the co-defendant, if you will, had gotten like a deal, 
right? Like he was testifying, but he had a deal and he never went to jail. The guy who committed, who apparently committed the murder, like this other guy was supposed to be the guy that always had his back. The host was like, you know, I can look through my entire Rolodex and I don't have anybody I could call on that could that could come to my defense if I needed help. And so I, I gave you that backstory because you said everybody's creative. Everybody has something that they're, you know, passionate about. But there are people out there who don't think that they have that. You know, they don't think that they're creative. They don't feel like they have that passion. How do you help somebody out there who doesn't feel like they have what it takes to go after their goals or to be creative or whatever the case may be to to strive or to even try to find that? I try to say that to people. I think traditional education, like how we went to school, I mean, there's so many theories about how it's broken and we need to rethink the education system. But one of the great things I would always notice was people would surprise me in school with like art projects or something where it's like, wow, yo, his science thing is really interesting. I don't know. You, I don't know you were that creative. And per, the person's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like you ever like meet somebody who surprises you like that? Or like yeah. they have like a really good Halloween costume. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know you had that in you. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. wow, I, I would love to see you express that more. So there, and again, if we're being honest, I failed at what I thought I wanted. And then it opened up the door to something else. So you may fail at what it is you want. And, or, if, or if you don't know what that is and you don't think you have creativity, go back to the last time you remember having fun doing what did you, what did you like to do when no one's around? If you could do anything, what is that? Is it talking about sports? Is it working out? Is it coloring? Is it, you know, designing sneakers, talking about sneakers? There's something you're into that especially now can be cultivated. It can be made into a career, especially now. And I think people may say to you like, oh, because you're having fun with your job. You're not supposed to have fun. Like my dad hated his job. That's like yeah, what you're saying. Fun is luck. Yeah, yeah, fun is luck. You're not supposed to have fun. It's work. You're not supposed to like work. It's work. And I think it, it's such a paradox in life. The more you search for what you like to do, the better your life gets. And it's like kind of, it's like, it's like a secret where you couldn't, you can't believe your life can be fun all the time. And it really can be. I don't think people understand that. Yeah. If you love to cook, if you love to do something, there's something out there that you like to, everyone has a spirit. Everyone has a soul. Everyone has something. It's just that how much have you buried it? How much are you unable to recognize that because of what others tell you can't do. And like something I've, something we did, we got the hell out of our hometown, which you did too. Yeah. But that's important. I love my hometown. I'm not saying like, I, I, I think a lot of people who leave their hometown also have such a negative feeling about it that they like may, may, they may go too far and may think anybody who leaves their hometown hates their hometown. So like, that's like the, I guess, theme of that person if there was one, but it's just good to get away from everyone and no one can influence what you do and just really, hmm, wow. So this is who I am. This is what's important to me. And like that may be a little clearer to get away from the influences of everybody, everybody around you. I, I, I told this story too on our podcast, but like my fiance is the hardest working girl I've ever met. She had like three jobs from the day I met her. <laughs> and when we first moved to LA, I was, I barely had any money. And I was like, she always tell me like, oh, I'll cover the rent if you can't. And I never wanted that. And then I remember she had free time. In, in Staten Island, she never had a second. Never had a second to do anything else. 
And then when I came home one day, I was, I think I had an audition or something. I came home and she was painting in the living room. I, I, I could cry thinking about it Aww. because that's all we wanted was just to feel happy. And here she was nourishing her soul with something that mattered, that made her happy, that she was relaxing, the wind was blowing, in the palm trees were in the background. And here's a person, like if she had a, a second of free time, it would be filled with something we were told was important because you're an adult and this is what you have to do and taxes yeah. and what all, all this nonsense none of us like to do. So like I just I, – I always try to tell people, whatever it is, just jump and you'll find what that is by being uncomfortable, by moving out, moving away or just – not having your life figured out for a little while. That's another thing that may connect these is like people are so afraid to not have it figured out by a certain age. Oh my God, turning 30 where I come from is a death sentence. You better, you better be married with kids in a house. Otherwise, kill yourself. And that's like, that literally was what it feels like. So it's like, that's scary for people. A lot of my friends who, tell, who, who may not support me as much now because maybe they're intimidated by my success it's because they wish that they could be doing what I'm doing. They wish that they could be creative. They wish that they could, you know, not be stuck in the way in, in the place that they are because it was too important to them to have life figured out by 29, 30. Yeah, it's it comes down to the expectations yeah. of either our parents or what people are going to think about. I even think that, and I'm not going to lie, like everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants that shit. You know, we want to make coins. But I also feel like, you know, I want bags, honey. I want bags and sneakers. I haven't heard coins bitch. in a while. I like coins. That. Trying to get that coin. Coins. Oh, Sonic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that we have this expectation to live up to other people. But a lot of times people don't. They, they also have like an expectation of financial status. I think a lot of times. Absolutely. And. And I kind of hate talking about this because of, you know, you know, I've been in my career for 25 years. So, you know, and so I've let's had, talk about it. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So I've had <laughs> a success. But I used to get like really mad when people are like they think that I don't understand now because I'm financially successful. And I'm like, bitch, do you know I used to wake up on a mattress? I Like I used to go to bed on a blow up mattress and I would wake up on the floor because it had a hole in it. So I would like blow it up every single night. Oof. Just so I could like be on the floor in the morning or how I had to move, you know, three apartments in the course of six months. But, you know, like we've all been through this time where we like had a struggle. I tell people like, don't go do what you want to do. Like, like you said, you don't have to have life figured out. But if you like, if you really go after what it is that you want to do, it's, it's so great. It's funny that you bring up money really quickly, just because, of course, everybody wants, everybody wants to have money. But again, a paradox, a paradoxical thing is like something I learned in therapy, which about paradoxes in life, which is like the more you go for something and, and you go through hell, the, the easier money will come to you. And like, it's a weird thing. It's like, you don't, the safe decision will get you the job and the six figures and, and the benefits, but like the scary road, you may struggle for years, but then the growth is exponential. And that's just such a truth about this, like, I never thought that I'd be able to get married being a stand-up comedian. I always thought, like, oh, I'll either be broke or I'll be, like, Kevin Hart. There's no in-between. <laughs> and, like, I found this awesome sweet spot right now. Where I'm still growing. But, like, I never thought that I'd be able to pay for a wedding from stand-up. And it's, like, I love so much 
what what I'm doing. And like you like you said about the commercials, all the stuff, the ads I do, dude, I love doing. They're so much fun. And I couldn't. I was like, do you believe I got paid for this? Like this is crazy. And it's all because. And like you said before too, like yeah, those days when I told my brother, like, I, please don't ask me to be. I told my siblings, don't ask me to be a godparent while I when I moved to, to LA because I probably can't afford it. Like, and like, all those things, like that, they suck and they make you feel depressed. And like, I didn't go to Atlantic City for my friends' birthdays when they'd go. Like, we're gonna get a room at like the Borgata. You want to come? I'm like, no. I used to dance there, <laughs> and I did. I did a show there, and I sold out. And I got a suite. I got a suite for free. Yeah. So shout out to that. But <laughs> yeah, like all those moments, I think people are so afraid to miss out on or not have like, yeah not have it figured out by a certain age and it's like yeah if you miss out on those or if you sleep on the the, the air match with a hole in it like that the rewards are just like insane for that and yeah making money doing something you love compared to making money at a job it's as you know it's 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 unfat it's unbelievable what, what it feels like the, the the difference it does to your mind oh my god is, it's amazing it's crazy so speaking of struggle there was something you talked about way uh, i don't even know if it was before we started recording but it kind of pissed me off and that was that you didn't finish insanity so it's before you leave here today we're gonna move this out the way because you got to do something you got come on why did i say that you got to prove to me I, I finished pix does that count that needs you, i'm gonna fuck you up even more <laughs> So you finished me 90X, but no Sean T. So can I, wait, can I say something? You can say whatever you want. You ain't getting out of this. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Isn't there such thing as like an endomorph and an exomorph? What yeah. are they called? Mm-hmm. So I've never had the kind of body that I, I always need. I need to gain weight. Okay. So if I do your workout, okay. it really wasn't doing anything for me. Okay. Is, is that true or not? But no? you didn't finish to find out. So it don't Is matter. that true though? No. What do you mean it's not doing anything for you? You know, not, you know how many push-ups you do over the course of those not, 60 not, days? <laughs> this is ugly. Not not doing anything for me, but like I, I felt like, oh man, I, I should be lifting more. Or I have to be eating more. For me to burn, I, I can't be burning off that much. I was also a lot younger and I was, mm-hmm. I, I was a lot skinnier. I was mm-hmm. probably like, I don't know, 150. I look, mm-hmm. like, a, I look like a skeleton. So okay. it's like, should that kind of person be doing insanity? I mean, there, you, can, you can mix it in with other things. I'm just mad that you didn't finish it. So All right, we finished it. Here we go. Do we, we finish, finish. We're going to hit this right, now. What am I going to do? Let me take it off. Oh, snap. 
he's getting taken off the clothes. I just want to say that uh, I feel very jittery from the coffee that I had. So uh, if I throw up, it's probably gonna, gonna it's probably going to happen. We're going we're gonna to start with some basic power squat. We're just going to go down and up. Come on, come on. There you go. Come on, jump it Wait, up. Keep going. Bring your feet together and down. Put feet together and down. Yes, yes. Because I'm the trainer. I don't have to do this. This is about you. This is your workout. Keep squatting. Alex's move power. Alex's power. Alex's power. Alex's power. Move up a little bit. All right, now you're going to go down back into a burpee. Ready? Go. Down back. Go, oh, uh, down. A regular burpee? Burpee. There you go. Come up. Come and on. Go like that? Do that again? Keep going. I'm Just pretty uncoordinated. Going. Yep, good. Come on. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep oh, going. Keep going. Doing? Go, 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 go. What go, am I doing? Go. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Let's go. All right. We're going to finish this. Hold that plank. Hold that plank. Walk your body back a little bit. Walk your body back a little bit. There you go. Let's bust out 25 push-ups, no breaks. Go. 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. Not hear him breathing. 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Hold the plank. One more. Two, one more, one more, one more, one more. Hold the plank. Hold up. Straighten out the arms. Hold it up there. So here's what I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever come here, you didn't finish my workout. <laughs> You're good. Good job. Good job. Good job. All right. Get your chair. You can sit down again. Listen, I got rules around here. Anyway, you didn't think I was in 25, did you? <laughs> No, I knew you could do it. <laughs> All right, so tell us the name of your podcast and uh, <laughs> where we can find you. It's called Dress Down Day. Yes. Went to Catholic school. Dress Down Day was always an exciting day. <laughs> uh, I'm performing. Uh, it's hard to talk oh and do this. God. You got some, put some respect on my name. I, what, what you, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I told you I couldn't finish it. <laughs> TikTok, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, everything is Eric D'Alessandro. E-R-I-C-D-A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-O. And we will put that in the show notes so you yes, have please. plenty. I got a nice pump going now. Should we do more? No, no you don't want this. <laughs> Trust and believe, people. Trust and believe. Eric, thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Hopefully we get to come to the show tonight. Yeah, you better. You all have to listen to me. You have to to check out this man show it is amazing and incredible and he's silly and funny and he will make you clutch your pearls and laugh the whole way through thank you for joining us always trust and believe